Welcome to Educators with Oil Podcast, where we discuss education with God, teaching with love, and inspiring with faith. Take your oil with you. Let God guide your steps in the classroom. Co-hosts Ronette Branham and Shanae Moore. Welcome to Educators with Oil podcast. Welcome to Educators with Oil. We are here to discuss Bible strategies for effective teaching. I am Ronette Branham and this is Shanae Moore, my co-host. How are you today, Shanae? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm really excited to dive into our subject for today. And our subject today is going to be discussing the various learning styles within your classrooms. Yes. And we're going to try try to make it easy for you so that you can relax and know that there are various learning styles within your classroom that each child learns a different way even though they're gonna learn the same thing, but they're gonna learn a different way and how we can recognize it and um, how we could be at ease with it and it'll make our day and our our teaching a little bit smoother. Um, So I'm gonna just start, I wanna share our screen just to explain, share my screen just to explain a little bit about the various learning styles and, then we'll go from we'll go from there and see how it works for you. Okay, so just so you know, um, yes, you your students have different learning styles, and what should you do? Every student learns a different way. Like I said, um, understand that you have multiple learning styles in your classroom. So just off the bat at the beginning, know when you go in the classroom you're gonna have 20 to 25 students in your classroom and they learn in different ways. If you're teaching math, not all students are gonna learn by reading the notes. Not all students are gonna learn by watching you. Uh, Some people are gonna learn by hands-on experience. So every student learns different, just relax and knowing that. That's something that we all have to understand. Um, So what are learning styles? Learning styles refers to the unique ways individuals process and retain new information. Also, it's the differences and learning based on individuals' abilities, interests, and experiences. Most people have a combination of styles. You, You have a combination of styles, but more times than not, we have predominant learning styles. Each style, though, has a complementary way of teaching. Relax, take a deep breath. It sounds like a lot, but every style is different, but you can always teach to that style. It's something probably that you're already doing. So don't be alarmed. Uh, You might sometimes, I don't know, Shanae, about you. Sometimes you, you wonder how come a student can't sit in a classroom and just learn what you're teaching, like straight up, they sit and listen to the lecture and then they're able to do it. I don't know if you ever thought about that. Um, Have you thought about that? Like, this is straightforward, right? Yeah, So, 
say it, I didn't hear you. Yeah, exactly. When I'm teaching something on the board in front of like doing whole group and expecting all of the students to understand from whole group. That's not how it works. Some students need you to pull them, do small groups and use manipulatives and use a totally different strategy than just standing up there and doing it on the board. Yeah, right. And, and, and you know what? Something I learned years ago and I learned and I didn't, I knew there were different uh, types of learning we only ever talked about four and I knew that the people who can sit and listen to a lecture or read a text those people turn out to be the teachers <laughs> teachers can do that and yeah. if you look at teachers you can go to a workshop and teachers are getting it they're taking the notes or or we get a new curriculum somebody tells us what to do and we got it yeah. right mm -hmm. I, I went in your classroom one time and you were doing a, a reader's workshop and I asked you who taught you that. You told me nobody. You just followed the, the directions. Yeah. See how easy that is? Yeah, yeah. You're a teacher. Yeah. And you did it perfectly. I mean, it was perfect. I took notes. And yeah. I said, oh, yeah, it's because you did it so smoothly. You followed it straight through. And it was there were no kinks. Yeah. It just was straight through. And nobody taught you. Yeah. You learn it on your own. That's teachers. That's how teachers learn. Yeah. And so we have to understand that just because we can do that, that doesn't mean everybody can do it. So I did some re I've done some research and I found eight different styles, learning styles. I don't know if you remember, if you've learned, I'm pretty sure you've heard about four. I don't know. I just found four more. Mm -hmm. And so, and then, and then those four more. If you notice the second four that I that I tell you, you're going to be able to say, "Oh, I see those students in my class all the time." Yeah. So first, I think I want to give you a scripture, so I won't go too far. And I want to give you a scripture, and it is um, Romans uh, twelve six to eight. Before I go into learning styles, I just want to give this scripture. It, it kind of corresponds. I want to give you two scriptures. Romans 12, 6 to 8. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If the gift, if your gift is prophecy, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So that's just saying, from my point of view, I know Shanae is going to talk about a different point of view, but from my point of view, that goes to show us that if we are teachers and we have a gift of teaching, most teachers have a gift of teaching, you just are drawn to that. Uh, if you have a gift of teaching, then do it. And like we said last week, we talked about um, having that vision board and going forward with it, writing it down and making it plain. You're going to run with this. So if you're a teacher, teach, and then um, everything is going to everything is going to come that you need. You're not going to have to worry about the things that you need to teach if you're a teacher. And then I have one more scripture that I'm going to read, and it says. Um, Hmm. I don't know if I want to read that. Did I get to? I think that's the one for something else. That's for the end of it. The uh, 
the podcast. So let me let me just go. Let me just go into this. The learning styles. We have visual learners, auditory learners, kinesthetic or tactile learners, reading and writing learners, and we have logical analytical learners. We have social linguistic learners, solitary learners, and nature learners. Before I go into it, Shanae, I don't want to have you just sit. Before I go into the different styles of those learners, did you have anything you want to say? Yeah, just on the scripture, Romans, um, that we are all different. We all have different gifts as teachers. That might be our main gift of being a teacher and ability to teach students. But um, just recognizing that to eliminate some of your stress and frustration with figuring out the learning styles is understanding that students have a gift too. And we're trying to cultivate and really lead them and guide them to figuring out what is their gift and how best they learn. And we're trying to lead them to that. So that's what I get from Romans is that we need to do that as teachers, help the students so that they can figure out what is their gift. Right. So that means understanding the student's learning style is not just for us. Mm-hmm. It's great for us to know that, but it'll be smoother if the students know their learning style also, yeah. then they can work on it. So I have a few examples of the different type of um, learning styles and the different type of learning styles. And then the the ways that we can work to help the student with those learning styles. So visual learners, they prefer pictures and imagining. They process information best that can be seen. So if you can, I'm not even gonna go that far, to that side yet. Yeah. Auditory learners, they process information best that is heard, prefer using sound or music. And some things are gonna click in your head as I give you the examples of how these uh, type of learners learn. Um, Kinesthetic or tactile learners, they find success with hands-on opportunities. They prefer using their body, hands, sense of touch. uh, And the reader writer, read the reading and writing learners, they consume information best in words whether that's by writing it down or reading it. So just think about, as I give you the examples that you think about what you have seen in your classroom. Logical analytic learners, they're more mathematical. They prefer using logic, reasoning, and systems. They're organized and methodical. Uh, Social, this is the sixth one is social linguistic learners. They like uh, to communicate and receive feedback. Think about that. Prefer to learn in groups or with others. I have to stop right there. From the whole time my daughter was in school, they told me every teacher that she came across said she's so social. And if they could have used that to help her learn, there would have been no problems with her being social. They would have understood how to place her in a classroom and how to make her learning uh, more efficient. You, she, it would have been no problem. So then you have solitary learners, people who are self-regulating and self-motivated. They pre- prefer to work alone and use self-study. They like to work on their, work on their own. 
And I have as number eight is nature learners. That's something probably we, we don't use that much. They excel in contact with nature. Um, the ideal, ideal learning environment is a calm and relaxing environment. Yeah. So, um, and we can teach to all styles of learning. You can teach it because you, you've probably been doing it all the time. You've been teaching. I have um, two quotes, then I'm gonna stop and then I'm gonna, we're gonna move from a stop and see Shanae wants to add to that. Every child has a different learning style and pace. Each child is unique, not only capable of learning, but also capable of succeeding. That's a quote from Robert John Meehan. And then another quote from Ignacio Estrada. If a child, this is at the bottom of my uh, emails. Every email I send out for the past 10 years has this quote on it. If a child can't learn the way we teach it, maybe we should teach the way they learn. I like that one. And before we go on to how to teach to those students, Shanae, did you want to push in there somewhere? Yeah, um, it's leading to what you're about to do, but it, it sounds complicated, but when you hear like just the different things, when, I, when you went to the second one, I know you're gonna go back to it, but um, when oh, you went go back to the, the second other, one? From five through eight, the learning styles. Okay. Like it seems like, oh, that's a lot, but not really when you think about it, when you go to the other one, um, like let's say they like the nature one, then that could be soft, common music when the students are working. Like it doesn't have to be like something that you have to plan every single day. I need to bring nature items in. I need to bring um, trees and leaves for every project that we do. No, like that's that calm and relaxing environment. That's that could work for all students by playing soft music in the classroom when the students are working independently or in their center time. So that's not even something like you have to plan every single day. Just set it up, have a few CDs and keep rotating them. The students don't care that you're playing the same or we. We're technological, so go to YouTube. And type right, right. Nature, common music. So that's like one that can apply to everybody, but it's really helping that one student. The solitary learners, um, social linguistic, linguistic learners, stuff like that is just once, like when I do, oh, you're probably gonna talk about it. But when I do centers, I have students doing independent work and it's all on the same topic. It's all on the same subject skill. But I have some students doing independent work. And then I have some students doing group work. That's the centers. One group is centers. One group is independent. One group is computer. One group is a game. So, but with all those four groups, I don't expect um, all their work to be turned in from every single one. Or if I know that my student does best with, um, does best solitary, that one, then I'll go look at what do they do independently, not necessarily focusing on what do they do when they were with the group. Right. So I know you're about to get into it though. No, but. no, no, but yeah, but that's perfect because it, it is, it is things that it, that is things that we do all the time and, and we're doing it so that they can have the full experience of learning and they can be successful. We're not necessarily thinking, oh, I need to make sure I have a, a, an assignment for visual learners, one for auditory. We're not thinking like that. Now we will, but you're not necessarily thinking like that. But you know that in order for them to learn it and know it and they can walk and teach anybody else how to do an activity or how to uh, 
dive into a text and break it down and understand it for to make somebody else understand what's happening in that text, that if they have several experiences with that same uh, lesson or that same topic or content in that content area that they'll learn better if they had learn it different ways. And that is true, we do. I, I remember last year when we studied for tests and even if I break it up into centers and I wanna work in a small group, like you said, we get, I put different things at different tables, different centers. I have something where um, it's hands-on. There might be a graph, they have to figure it out uh, because some people are visual. They need to be able to see it. Then they have um, what we call in our math um, application problems that are real life problems. And that is something that uh, uh, students need to know. It, it works for them. It helps them to understand it and, and it gets embedded in their head. So um, teaching to these learning styles, um, like we said, something you probably do all the time. Don't stress it. If you make an assign, if you set an assignment, um, just try to make sure that there's different, um, what do you, what do you call it? different stations? Yeah. Like we said, just try to do that. And then you probably will hit everybody. And then if you don't hit everybody today, later on in the week. So for a visual learner, use visual aids, um, provide visual analogies and metaphors to help visual imagery, use storytelling. If you're trying to talk about math and you're teaching uh, carrying and borrowing and, and um, decomposing numbers, use it so that you say you have 10 ones and you tell it about a story, there's 10 ones, there's 10 students, they all came together and they wanna to come together and make a 10. How are they gonna do that? They're gonna to come together and then they move over one group and you could do it like that so they could picture it in their head. Even you could use the students as models and then auditory learners, examples. Oh, also with that one, visual learners, what we always do is anchor charts. We always should be doing anchor charts for our lessons anyway. Say it again. We should be doing anchor charts. Oh, yeah, yeah. Visual learners. That's automatic for visual learners. Every classroom, and I reuse my anchor charts. So I, yeah. I was picturing that when I was going over this. I was picturing that. And because, yes, the students have it, and then they could go back and look at it. It's not like you make an anchor chart and then you put it away. You have that. If this is your lesson for the week. You're learning how to do whatever. You have those anchor charts on the walls. That's what they're for. Yes, and, and, and on Anchor Chart, it has examples, real life examples. It has step-by-step. -step. So yeah, I, I appreciate that, yes. Auditory learners. Um, encourage your students to participate in discussion. Suggest audiobooks. You know when they're learning, when they're reading, it's sometimes not that easy. If they have the book, um, you know how we go, you could, have the audiobook for mostly every book we have. Uh, do you use audiobooks in your class or do you, your students just have to read? No, I don't use audiobooks. Um, like if they go to benchmark? No. I don't no? Use. Well, what happens is I'm t I see second grade. Your, t your students read a little bit more, um, better. And so I have students who really can't read, especially if it's a grade level book. 
You know, I have students who can't read on grade level. So if we're reading a story and they want to read along, they can read along, open it up in, in the uh, reading program, click on the book and it'll read with them. So that, and I tell them to watch every word, try to read with it, sound out the words so that they can get what the words are. But if it's something about comprehension, they might not need to read it. They just need to understand it and then they can answer questions yeah. or comment. So that's something. Um, and then getting the students to pair up together and explain concepts to each other. That's something auditory learners can do. And explaining it, if they explain it, you know, if you teach something, that's how the best way you can learn is by teaching something. Yeah. And tactile learners um, use hands-on experiences. You know, there's all kinds of math manipulatives all kind of, if they're a younger learner and they're learning their letters and their sounds, they could have the letters, they could, um, when I was in preschool, they used to write the spray uh, shaving cream on a table and let the kids write the letters out or write the letters out in the sand so that they can get it. And, and, and we did all kind of touch games yeah. for them to learn. Yeah, I think they do that a lot in, um early childhood, but we should be bringing it into the general ed elementary level and high school level as well. I'm not just keeping it in early childhood. Right, right. Um, we have a learning loss teacher. She comes in with all things like that. She yeah. comes in with the shaving cream. She comes in with the little letter tiles that we got for, for font, that we have for phonics. Um, and she does because especially last year, second graders came straight from kindergarten. So a half a year of kindergarten. So yes, they needed that. And that hands-on touching and, and feeling and, and uh, somebody just explaining it in real life, yeah. what this means. Reading, writing learners, they consume information best in words, whether that's by writing it down or reading it. Sounds like you, Sinead. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> read it right and learn. I, I, I'm like that too. Uh, just give it to me. Let me read it. Let me read it. I don't have time. You sit here telling me, let me read it. And then I'll come back if I have questions. Yeah. Right. See, I understand it when you're reading and writing. I understand that. But when I'm um, confused on something, I have to, I have to go watch a video of it. I have to do visual. That's only when I'm confused. But if I understand it, it's an easy topic and I understand it. Read and write and it's simple. But Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. That's that's becomes in when we have multiple learning styles because yeah. nobody, I can't see any person having just one learning style. Yeah. Because if you're a solitary learner, that means you have to learn by reading it and seeing it and maybe watching. I, I don't know if it's watching the video on your own, but um I can't see you only learning that way. Yeah. Somebody you there's gonna come a time you're gonna need demonstration. Mm -hmm. or hands on it so yes that's where that comes in yeah. then we have the logical analytical learners um so you could pro provide the class with problem solving tasks uh critical thinking exercises provide statistics and facts we do that when making graphs i'm pretty sure that just pops out at any teacher graphs when we say that how can they explain graphs um and that's a logical person is going to want to say. Uh, well, we had six tigers and six something else, and then we only had three 
uh, three animals from the Arctic, how many more animals from the forest or something than animals from the Arctic? And then if you see the graph, uh, so we're gonna have to move sociolinguistic learners. Um, they're inquisitive and they think in concept topic ideas, uh, allow them to discuss and share their stories. Solitary learners, let them ask questions. Um, no, ask them questions so you'll know what they're thinking and how they're feeling. Provide individual problem-solving exercises. So make sure if somebody's a solitary learner that you're asking them questions. Don't just let them move and say they got it. Make sure you understand what they're thinking. Nature learners ex include experiments. That's where your science comes in. You can bring science into almost everything. Um, so when it's feasible, bring in experiments, have exercises where they can identify and classify. That goes back to the analytical also. Yeah. And link everything to like everyday life experiences. And so I'm gonna, a simple solution to this dilemma might be using as many activities and exercises as possible that cater to different learning styles. This is a way a teacher has a better chance of reaching a bigger audience and every student gets an opportunity to learn in their preferred circumstances every once in a while. So use as many activities and exercises as possible. And so, Sinead. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, just try to do different activities to figure out what is their learning style, but the key is not trying to do all of it at once. Taking baby steps, like the first week of school, I'm going to figure out who's my visual learners. Let me give activities that are, are going to be able to identify who's my visual learner and take it from there. You don't have to do every single thing, <laughs> like take it into baby steps. But we are educators with oil, which means we walk with God. So I just have a few scriptures. Um, I'll just say what the scriptures are and I'll put them down in the link too for people if they wanna read the scriptures. But I have Ephesians chapter four, verses 11 through 12. Um, Romans chapter 12, six through eight. Um, Psalm chapter 78, verse 72. And we'll put all the scriptures down below. And Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. So we chose these scriptures for this topic because we want to just really take notice of the fact that we have to, that we are, we are walking with God when we are teaching in the classroom. So we shouldn't be frustrated. We shouldn't be worrying. We shouldn't have anxiety about trying to identify what are the student learning styles. So first of all, we just need to be relaxing and trusting that God will help us in this process in the classroom to figure out our students and figure out how they learn so we can help them better. So Ephesians just focuses on my perspective. It just focuses on how we are educators and our role is to be of service to the students. So yes, it does help us to know the students learning style so that we are not frustrated in the classroom but it can also help the students to know, and Ms. Branham said earlier, <laughs> Ronette said it earlier, that um, it can also help for the students to figure out themselves. And once the students figure out, oh, I learned this way. So I know the teacher gave me this in paper format to read and, and understand it this way, but I know that a video helps me better. 
maybe I'll raise my hand and say, hey, teacher, hey, can I go watch a video on this? Or do you have a video? Like when the students uh -huh. are doing that, that is awesome because that's when, I, when you were going over your the different examples too, keep in mind that a lot of times I just tell my students to go do it. So if it was the one about the musical, I'll just go tell the students, go create a song for multiplying. Yeah. Like you don't have to be the teacher where you're doing everything. everything. Like allow right. the students to do something too, where they're figuring it out. So, okay, we're going to do multiplication next week. Who can create a game about multiplication? Like putting it on them to do something to figure it out too. That's the student led part, but we're here to be of service to the students. So do not feel frustrated with figuring out the learning styles of your students. Just know that if you're helping them, that it's gonna reduce your frustration and just trust God in the process. Make sure you're not taking it home and stressed out because the half of your class didn't understand the lesson. Reteach it. Reteach it, yes. <laughs> Cause you do have to reteach things sometimes. Yeah. Yes. And I, I did you wanna read that? I When you said that, I like the scripture, it is, Isaiah 41 and 10. Did you want to read it? Isaiah 41. That, that is going to give us some relaxation right there. Okay. Isaiah 41. So do not fear. I'm reading NIV version. So do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That definitely gives us comfort in knowing that God is with you all the time, even in the classroom, he is with you. And just take a step back and knowing that you don't have to do every single thing. And you can call on him to help you. If you are struggling with figuring out the students' learning styles, call on God to help you, pray about it. Yeah, I got the first two. I got the first three words from you. Fear. Well, you. I think you said two words. Fear not. The you know the King James for fear there not. Fear thou not. But fear not. That is. I remember when we were going over it, and it see it 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 had a tendency to feel like it's a lot. Yeah. A lot of information or too much. Like you're going into the classroom yeah. with all of this. Not to mention, I have to teach. So yeah. I have to think of all this. So relax, fear yeah. not. God says he's with us. Don't forget that every single time you go in the classroom, do not forget that. Yeah. Fear not, because he said he's with us. Now, if you forget, I believe he's going to remind you. I believe he's going to remind you. He's going to say, wait a minute, relax. Go ahead, it's okay. You look at somebody, if you do have to teach it again. So um, the indicator is going to be the frustration. That's going right. to let you know that you, you're not, you not putting all your trust in God right now if you're frustrated about it. Okay, I just taught the whole class and nobody understood it. Relax. What kind of indicator is that? Yes, that is some. And then that shows you that you're trying to move to another level. You're not ready yet or, or that you're almost there. So you know you have to stop. That's in our everyday life. When you get to a frustrated, frustration level of anything, that means... You need something else. There's yeah. something that else that you need. So let's figure it this out. So yes. And um, to 
wrap it up that I think that's the best segue to wrap it up just remember that you have so many different learning styles in your classroom every person is different there's no one person that is exact even identical twins are not the same yeah. I had students last year one with twins we always have twins they look identical I didn't know that they were twins until I kept calling one and he ignored me and they are identical to me, but there's something different about them. There's yeah. something different about them. Nothing is exactly the same. So one might learn a different way. So just remember that. Just relax. Knowing nobody's the same. You're not the same as anybody in your family. Yeah. So God gave, gave us all different gifts. Think about that. He gave me and you a different gift. He gave the students a different gift. They learn a different way. We teach differently. Yeah. We teach there's so much humor in my teaching. I might get on somebody's nerves. They might say she played too much. No, but my students are learning, you know, so everybody's different. So with that said, uh, we're going to put the PowerPoint in the, we're going to add it to our YouTube and our Facebook. And then I have links for, um, for us at the end of the PowerPoint. Oh, yeah, that's good. Put it on the Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, that's a better idea to put it on a Facebook. So you want to say what the Facebook name is? We're educated. Oh, the, the Facebook is, is the same thing. Educated with oil on Facebook. Okay. So that is there. So even if the, the people who are our viewers on Facebook, uh, thank you for liking our page. You want to close us out, Shanae? Yes. Don't forget to like, comment, share with other educator educators so they can get this information. We can also be contacted at educatorswithoil at gmail.com. And tune in next episode where we talk about rest. <laughs>